knows how many Z's it takes to spell Brazelton. J.P. Shatrick. It's at least one, and welcome in. It's Jaguars happy hour, and we're in Flowery Branch, just up the road from Brazelton, Georgia, at the Atlanta Falcons facility. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman after the second day of Jaguars-Falcons joint practices. Preseason week three coming up this Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta. The Jags and the Falcons coming up. We'll discuss the Jaguars' playing time, or at least the idea for most of the starters to not play in the game with Jaguars analyst Jeff Logman. Then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear plenty from the head coach from earlier this week, including earlier today. And uh, here we are, Logs. I don't know... I don't know if I've seen a flowery branch since we've been in flowery branch. Maybe that crepe myrtle behind us here might be about as close as we get. But how are you? I'm I'm doing good. And uh, (laughs) this part of Georgia is awesome. I mean, it's beautiful. It's got rolling hills. The weather's been perfect for two days of practice because, you know, this time of year up here, it can be extremely hot. And from the player's standpoint, you couldn't have asked for better. Uh, Overcast skies uh, with the threat of rain, but it really never did rain. Uh, man, perfect situation. And and the best part about the two days as a whole, JP, great work against an opponent that you, you know, or that is a different look for your offense and your defense, and there was no fisticuffs or any extracurricular stuff that can distract from the entire goal of the whole thing, which is just getting better. The Falcons practiced last week against the New York Jets up there, and mm. now their second week in a row where they've had uh, another team to go against. And uh, that was the stated goal of Doug Peterson, you know, talking to his team. Hey, we're, we're not going to do any of that stuff. We're here to get, get some work done. They've got some guys coming back on the field off injuries this week, so that was a key to get those guys some work, get, keep those guys healthy, obviously, and then move forward into preseason week three. Well, and look, the the Falcons had plenty of skirmishes yeah. when they were practicing with the Jets up in New York. And that's, look, uh, appreciate the direction of the head coach, Doug Peterson, making sure that the focus on where on where it needs to be. You want it to be high intensity. I mean, that's the whole reason why you come and practice against a different team because when you're at home practicing against, let's say, me, me and you see each other all the time, right? And so the familiarity that wouldn't make me particularly angry or raise my level of play against you. I mean, because I'm always dominating. That's why. Yeah, that's yeah. part it's, of it. I yeah, mean, sure. you know. But my point is, is that, you know, the, the intensity naturally goes up when you face another right. team and in practice. Yeah. And the other thing is that there's a crowd here. I mean, it wasn't packed, but the Falcons allowed some people in. And so when people are watching, the natural thing is that you want to make sure that your performance is good. And so the intensity goes up, the focus goes up, the concentration goes up. I mean, all of those things, and I think it makes for a better practice. And also because you're facing, for example, look, if I'm a pass rusher and I'm facing Cam Robinson every day in practice, I'm Josh Allen or Trayvon Walker, I'm only facing Cam Robinson. I'm not facing a tackle that may have a different technique, that may have a different body type. And so some moves that work against Cam may not work against, you know, somebody else. And so you want to have the opportunity to do different things. And and so it just gives you a different flavor and a different level of intensity. And it is very productive, in my opinion. And when I, when I was a young player, we used to do it nearly every year, whether it was with the Philadelphia Eagles or the Washington Redskins. And, you know, of course, that's what their, was their name at that time. And that's – it was great work. I loved it. That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We're on Twitter at J.P. Shadrick at Logs56. The right tackle competition 
Well, it's been hot for a while. It continued with the practices here in Flowery Branch yesterday and today. Doug Peterson this morning before practice, well, this afternoon, it was an afternoon practice, was asked about the right tackle position and where it stands heading into this weekend. We'll hear from uh, Doug Peterson coming up, but uh, yeah, it, it continues. They they alternated pretty much series yesterday, did a little of that today, and Doug Peterson said, hey, they're going to play in the game on Saturday. Well, Walker Little did not finish practice today. Ah. He was off to the side, um, with, okay. and he was working with Will Richardson, who has a high ankle, I believe it is, or an ankle injury of some kind. Yeah. And so Walker Little is hurt. Now, okay, that uh, changes. I, I think they yeah. ex- expect him to maybe be able to play in a couple of days. They were just, I think, taking him out for precautionary reasons. But I think that position battle is over. I Done. Do. I do. I think Jawan Taylor is, is the guy. And Walker Little had a great opportunity. I mean, a great opportunity. Coming off the Hall of Fame game, which he played very well, he had a great opportunity to, to supplant Juwan Taylor with another strong performance the next week against Cleveland. Well, it didn't happen. And then his past game, he didn't have a very strong game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then here against the Atlanta Falcons, he's had some moments that weren't good. Not today, because like I said, he didn't uh, finish practice. But yesterday, weren't that weren't particularly good. Hmm. And so uh, it's disappointing that because I expected Walker Little to compete at a higher level for that job to make it really hard for the coaches, if not to supplant Jawan Taylor, and it didn't happen. All right, so not the end of the world, though. He's still no, on no, the no, football no. team. He's no. still an important piece to what this team can do if it's truly a done deal. The, the best thing about this whole competition is that you've made that position better. Okay, whether it's Jawan Taylor that's won it or if it ended up being Walker Little, both of those guys have raised the level of play of that position. Mm-hmm. And the reality is is that you'd love to have a Juwan Taylor that was self-motivated to get better over the last couple of years, but the reality is he didn't have any competition, and sometimes you've got to have a little push to get better. And, uh, and I think this year was really good for Juwan Taylor, and he knew that he had to get better. He's got a new offensive line coach. I thought his performances have gotten better. There's still some things that Juwan needs to clean up. You know, the penalties are always an issue and have been an issue with Juwan. Those need to get cleaned up. Sure. And uh, the reality is is that the competition is never officially over. Okay, so if Juwan Taylor goes out in week one in Washington Hmm. and doesn't play well, guess what happens? That's right. I mean, it depends on how level of not playing well reaches, but if he doesn't play well, he won't keep that job. But Walker Little has got to get – he's got to get better. And he had a good week, like I said, the first week, but he didn't build upon it, and it's a lost opportunity on his part, and that's it's part of the growth process. Now, he hadn't played a lot of football in a long time either. Let's continue in the offensive line. We'll have some uh, def- defensive talk coming up. Devin Lloyd back on the practice field and uh, spoke with Ashwin Sullivan yesterday. We'll hear from him a little bit later. We stay on the offensive line, though, and – that left guard position, Ben Barch, eh, the last week or so has really been taking some reps there, but there's a new man that has come in mm-hmm. from a trade from the Green Bay Packers. Cole Van Lannen has arrived. What have you seen out of him so far? Has he stood out at all the first couple days after uh, planes, trains, and automobiles to get here? Well, first off, you got to give him some credit because he gets traded and then very little sleep, gets on a 
plane and gets here and then essentially does a physical early in the morning and out to practice you go, okay? And when you're in that type of situation, it's, you know, your, your new equipment, you probably got new cleats. I mean, it's very different and you're not comfortable because I'm sure that he didn't travel with all of his Green Bay equipment, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Colt Van Lannen was a seventh-round pick last year of the Green Bay Packers, I believe it was, or late-round pick last year. The Jaguars reportedly gave up a seventh-round pick for him. And uh, today in practice, uh, I watched the offense more today. He worked mostly at right guard. I expect him at some point to maybe even have an opportunity to play left guard. And if Ben Barch is is not playing at a certain level, then look, uh, Cole Van Lannen will have an opportunity to compete at that left guard spot. But I like him. At college, he was a left tackle Mm -hmm. and uh, a pretty good one. And he's a guard in the NFL, though. They look at him as uh, the mindset for him is, look, he's a guard and maybe in a pinch can play some right tackle for you, not left tackle. And uh, when you trade for a guy at this point and you give up a draft pick, you can pretty much say he's on the roster. Yeah, he pretty much uh, cinches it. You're, sure. you're not giving a, a draft pick up for a guy that uh, joins you for one week. You're not doing that. No. It, it, this is They got confidence in him. They obviously have liked his film and have been following him. And when given the opportunity to trade for him, they did. And guard has been a spot, a little bit of concern for them because, you know, Shatley can play guard, but he's not a natural guard. Uh, Daryl Williams has kind of been of a journeyman. Uh, Nick Ford's a young player that uh, probably can end up on practice squad, but you'd like to have a little bit more depth there. And they, then, now they got it. The guy in the middle of that offensive line is a rookie, and we tend to forget that, I think, here in training camp. And Luke Fortner, draft pick this year, who obviously came in with, what, three different degrees out of college. He's got his head on his shoulders, but his play is um, really kind of stepping up to that as, to that as well, Logs, it well, feels like. Anytime you talk about an offensive lineman and, and it's not talking about him because he's been making mistakes or he's been getting beat, it's, sometimes you can take it for granted that yeah. the performance is where it's at. And, and, look, I love the performance of Luke Fortner. I think he's outplaying his draft status right now. When, he, when he's playing, he is, uh, he's confident, he's aware, he's physical, he's getting to the second level to the linebackers. He moves very well for a center. There's a lot of things to like. If you had to do a redraft, I think you'd probably end up picking him in the second round instead of the first you know, pick the Jaguars had in the third round. That's how good I think he's been. Wow. I mean, he, he literally, okay. he does not look, look like a rookie. And then I was showing JP, you know, we, we get this you know, iPad film stuff this here. high tech. And uh, we were looking at a play that, that uh, happened yesterday, and he's got a, a defensive tackle that sh- shades on his, on his nose to the opposite side, a blitzing linebacker, and he helps out the guard on the other side and then helps out the Dan Arnold, who was lined up as a, a fullback kind of thing. And, and it's like, wow. I mean, the awareness and the – and the and the calmness of of his play is impressive for a rookie. He got his hands on three guys on one play. He did three guys. It was pretty cool. Three guys, pretty impressive. So that's a good start for him. We've got plenty ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll come back in just a moment and hear from Devin Lloyd. He's been back on the practice field this week and in good spirits. A little Trevor Lawrence conversation coming up down the road as well, and then. At 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
I'm just building it back up. Um, slowly, they're trying to ease me into the, the practices and limiting my reps, but it was really good. It's strong, it's building strength back up. It's really sore right now, as expected, but I'll be ready to go week one. That is Devin Lloyd, the Jaguars linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Devin uh, visiting with Ashlyn Sullivan yesterday after practice in the atrium of the team hotel. A little sore, but, hey, he was back out there today. And Doug Peterson said, hey, get ready, 33. You're going in the game on Saturday against the Falcons for about a quarter maybe. Yeah, I, I talked to him a little bit ago, and he said that uh, I asked him how the hamstring was doing. He said it was good. and. And he said that he's working his way in as far as the mental aspect of it, but he didn't feel like that it was uh, overwhelming. So, I mean, that's that's a real positive because sometimes the, the mental part of it can be overwhelming. But from what I understand and, and everything that uh, has been scouted about Devin Lloyd, the intangibles and the mental acuity is, is incredible. And so I think he's going to be just fine. But the problem is, is that you need reps. Okay, got to play. And until you get those reps, you're going to be a little bit behind, and that's just natural. So he will play, and I, I think the expectation is to play about a quarter for, with him. And uh, But I still believe when they go to the first game of the season, he may not be in the starting lineup. Okay. It, it may be a situation where they have certain packages ready for him to uh, to gradually increase his exposure because Chad Muma and Shaq Quarterman have more reps. And so there's a trust factor built in with the guys that have had reps. But let me add to this and that you know, watching Devin Lloyd a little bit in practice, he's got some of the things that the other guys just can't do. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if he's got those intangibles, some things – that they can't uh, you got know, the compete. physical skills. And, you got to put him out there. Well, you do, but right? you, you you can't expect him. And I know he said he, he would be ready for, for the opening game. But to what level? And I think that that's a question that the coaches are going to have to manage as far as the number of snaps that he gets and, and also the t- total number of, of plays that he gets exposed to from a defensive standpoint. So I'm out here for two days. We haven't seen him, of course, in training camp. Really, uh, you know, some you know individual period stuff the week, the last week or so. But seeing him out here the last two days, what stands out the most about his about play? Devin? Yeah, he's just athletic. His athleticism is off the chart. I mean, seriously, uh, uh, from a blitz standpoint, how slippery he is, uh, how he runs, how he moves. You know, when you watch Chad Muma. They're just two different type of players. I mean, Chad's like the old, you know, three, four, big linebacker, and you know, and he and he and he moves kind of like a linebacker a little bit, you know. Whereas Devin Lloyd, he almost when he moves, it's like is he a running back, a wide receiver? Yeah. I mean, he's just so fluid, and and that's and that's fun to watch because there's there's not many guys that have that fluidity to them at that position, and and I would say that he is a total new breed linebacker of what the NFL game has become because the NFL has become 65-plus percent of three wide receiver sets in nickel defense. And you need a linebacker that can run and play in space. That's Devin Lloyd. But he can do more than that. He can blitz. Yes, he can, can pass rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's fun to watch him. And so I, I'm I, I'm anxious and looking forward to seeing his first action on Saturday afternoon. He had more sacks last season than Trayvon Walker did. That's uh, how they used him at Utah. He's all around the football. He's making impact plays. He's blitzing. He's intercepting the ball, taking two for touchdowns. I mean, 
he's always there. Yeah, he does. Like. You know, he feels he's a he's a stat filler. You know, every yeah. every category of stats that you can have as a defensive player, Devin Lloyd is going to have a number in every one. He's not going to be without interceptions or without sacks or without TFLs, tackle for losses. For I know you didn't know that. Well, thanks, Logs. Trying to be, you know, appreciate the uh, dumb it down a little bit for you, JP. Always come to you to learn football. Yeah. Yeah, but Thanks. I mean that's kind of how how the, the type of player that he is, and and so I look forward to seeing him play. Uh, also, just a, a little note here, you know, some of the linebackers that the Jaguars have. I mean, first of all, we know that Trayvon Walker is just a giant. Mm-hmm. You know, you see him and you see Josh Allen. And by the way, Josh Allen, we talked to him a little bit yeah. last night. Thank you very much, Josh. He he actually bought us a little something something. Yeah, that was nice. And uh, he's in a good place. But I, you know, he's such a wonderful guy and, and it's and it's great to interact with him and he's i asked him how much he was weighing he's 260 pounds now and that's as big as he's ever been and he looks great and josh has done a great job of taking a lot of these guys under his wings including trayvon walker and and other guys but you know the the number of georgia players that are on these two teams i mean it's, it's a pretty good number of them and we always are amazed at how big like a guy like trayvon walker is and then i was watching the end of practice yesterday and you know where I'm going with this and Trayvon was hanging out with one of these guys from the Falcons and I'm like oh my god who's that guy who's that guy (laughs) I mean that that? guy looks like a bodybuilder right I mean he's you know all muscled up and big I mean tall like holy cow and and today I figured it out and it it's uh, Lorenzo Carter I guess it was Uh, he's a fifth-year player out of Georgia and uh, I mean I'm talking a big dude Big dude. And uh, so the Georgia guys were all kind of hanging out, bonding a little bit. You know, of course, Tyson Campbell's in that mix, mm-hmm. but uh, but good to see. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman, the Doug Peterson Show, coming up at 5 o'clock. Staying on linebackers, another guy who has spent his entire professional career in the state of Georgia until this year. He's now at Jacksonville. It's Poye Aluakun. He was with the Atlanta Falcons, of course, spoke with the media uh, here after practice today. You can catch that on Jaguars.com. And a guy who built his reputation over the years, different roles, and then finally the last couple of years was a regular starter. We know the numbers in his last year in Atlanta. So there are a lot of people excited to see him back around here today after what he did the last couple of years for the Falcons. Well, and you can tell that, look, the Falcons would have loved to have kept him, I think, but the salary cap, you know, you got to make some hard decisions. And uh, the, the fact Falcons had to uh, and chose to address some of their cap issues head on. They would take their lumps and then continue to, to build this roster with a new general manager and head coach in place for a very short period of time. That's Fontenot, Terry Fontenot, the general manager, and Arthur Smith, the head coach. But it was cool. And that after uh, Foya Lucan got done with the interview here that you can see on Jaguars.com, he did an interview with one of the local Atlanta TV stations. And as he was doing the interview, there goes Arthur Smith, and he's like, you know, talking to a foyer while he's doing the interview. And it's, you know, and it's all healthy banner. And, <laughs> and you could just tell the love for Foya Lucan here in Atlanta and, and the type of person he is, type of player that he was for the Atlanta Falcons. And that's good to see because, you know, that's the kind of person that you were hoping you were going to get. And that's, I think, exactly what you got. Signed autographs right behind our tent here. There oh, were a few yeah. fans hanging out today and uh, went and, over after his work. And his adjustment period, I mean, look, the, the Jaguars have a new scheme, and, and so there's an adjustment period for him. And, and, and the adjustment hasn't been flawless, you know, without some mistakes. And the Cleveland game, you know, he got a bootleg there, first play of the game, you know, kind of mistake there. And so 
there's an adjustment period, and, and I expect that Foyer, just like most veteran players, he will pick it up. But it's not, it's not. He's not a you know perfect linebacker ready to go ahead and just be a great player right out of the gate. I think there's going to be an adjustment period with him as well, learning the new system. We're counting on him kind of being that rock in the middle that keeps well, everybody on the same page. In, right? a, in a perfect world, JP, you would have, with a, with a new coordinator, you would love to have somebody that came from his program that knew the system that would not have a big adjustment with that system that could actually help be the Co- coach on the field. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, and at some point, Foyer will get to that point. You know, look, he's a smart guy, and he went to Yale. He didn't go to Alabama. So, I mean, he's an educated guy, and he's smart, and and, uh, and he's going to get it quick. So, that's a real positive. Yeah, good for him. Good for him, (laughs) that Ivy League degree. Well, shot at Alabama. Yeah, I heard. Uh, That's Jeff Logovan. I'm J.P. Shadrick. All right, so uh, you mentioned uh, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. You know, the question now is, you know, how many of those outside guys – do they keep? What do they keep? Who do they keep on this roster? That's something we're going to have to watch in this game on Saturday against the Falcons. How deep do they go? What's your uh, – we're not cutting the team today, but we're talking about it at well, least. Well, we're getting to that point. I mean, it's, it's, getting close. You know, look, when you're getting ready to play the last preseason game, I mean, roster prediction is one of the topics that everybody wants to talk about. Because they cut it on Tuesday officially. Tuesday down to 53 and uh, and I think that's an interesting watch and we're talking about outside linebacker and outside outside linebacker is going to be interesting from the standpoint of you know we know that Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker are going to be there and I expect Calevon Chazon well that's a conversation in itself but I expect him to be on the roster as well and then once you get beyond that I think like a Deshaun Dixon is a guy that's going to end up on the practice squad okay but now you're talking who's next, okay? And from the the standpoint of evaluating the preseason games, Jameer Jones has probably had the next best performance. Number 40 if you're watching on TV. Correct. Yes. And uh, his mom or family must have, must, member must have been here because uh, you don't get a 40 Jaguars jersey <laughs> in, in here in Atlanta at practice unless somebody's family, right? I guess. But, you know, the thing that you have to factor in is that Smoot – Dewan Smoot and Arden Key can also have the positional flexibility to play as an outside linebacker. So are you counting on them to help you out at that outside linebacker position, maybe therefore being a little bit heavier at a different position? So that's I think, is going to be an interesting watch. Plenty ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll come back and discuss the quarterback trevor lawrence how his week has gone now, i've been watching him for the last 30 minutes and oh looks looking better we're gonna get some answers looking, then looking better about his practices here about an hour's drive away from his hometown jaguars game day radio is brought to you by Star credit union do good bank better this is jaguars happy hour on the jaguars digital network Yeah, it was, it was great just getting to go up against a different team. You know, we're so used to going against our guys. You see these, the same looks, but also a lot of different stuff, you know, defense experiment and stuff on you. Then to come out here and really not do a whole lot of prep because you're coming here to just get some work in and just see different, you know, structures and all that and have to adjust on the fly. You know, we have our base rules, but really putting them to the test and really challenges us just to communicate, especially up front. And then, 
all the skill group and making sure we're on the same page, seeing a bunch of different coverages than we're used to from our defense. So um, it's good, you know, it challenges you. Um, I thought we had a great day today. Uh, I thought we brought a lot of intensity and looked sharp, so it was good. That's Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback yesterday after practice. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. We're at the Atlanta Falcons facility in Flowery Branch, Georgia. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logeman, our entire crew here on site and back in Jacksonville. And we'll have the Doug Peterson show at 5 o'clock today as well from uh, right here in this very same parking lot in that a we're tent. sitting in right now. We're in a tent with folding chairs that are not very comfortable, by the way. <laughs> hey, it's part of it. It's training camp. That's it's right. almost over, and now it's out of the regular season here very soon. So the quarterback there. All right, so I, I keep getting – I do these interviews, and I keep getting asked, you know, what's Trevor Lawrence look like? What's he – how's he – Looks like he, Trevor Lawrence. Can he overcome all of last year and all these things? I think he's passed all that. Uh, how's he look to you in general in this training camp before we get to the last two days? Well, like he's adjusting like a young quarterback. And then he's got moments that you go, well, that's pretty good. And then you have moments you go, you know, you got to be faster with your eyes. Or, hey, you got to be more accurate with the ball. But the nice thing with Trevor is that the command of the offense is there. You don't ever have issues with snap counts, false starts, you know, having to start the play over because somebody's not lining up right. He's, direct, he's directing the traffic and – and very aware of what the system is, but the experience of being in the system, you can tell, is not quite there yet. Sometimes he's late with his eyes. Doug talked about that in the pregame interview with you last week, JP, about he wanted to have his eyes speed up a little bit. Did you see that in the game? uh, I thought that there were moments that his eyes still needed to be sped up. Uh, uh, But that's what what you're working for. I mean, look, you're not a – you're not a final product, you know, going into the or finishing out of the three preseason games. It takes time. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that were fortunate to have the same system for a very long period of time, and they were great quarterbacks. And hopefully Trevor can have the same type of success. But you've got to get him comfortable in the system. And then also the coaches need to get comfortable from the standpoint of knowing what he does best. And that's a whole process in and of itself. And I like the way he's working. He continues to work. I thought that uh, so far from what I've seen, because yesterday I'm, I watched mostly the defensive side of the ball, and they're on two different fields, so you can't watch both. And watch defense, and now I'm watching Trevor on offense, and everything that I'm seeing so far has been his he's, – he's speeding it up a little bit, and that's what it takes. And, and, and the action that he got in the practice yesterday and then the action today is going to be essentially the, all the work that he's going to get because we're not expecting to see many starters, if any, playing on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and he will not come close to uh, anywhere between the lines, at least. He'll be on the sideline, of course, helping everybody out, but he will not play in that game. There are some practices next week, but obviously uh, probably a lighter tempo, I would guess, in going well, into that I bye mean, week. Maybe, maybe they'll not. crank it up a little bit. Look, I mean, you can still, as if you're head coach Doug Peterson, you still, I mean, you can't, and that's the thing that I like about Doug Peterson. His mindset is that you're always continuing to work to get better and that it's a process and that process doesn't end until, you know, we start to reach who we want to be towards the end of the season. So he realizes that every hour that he has of being able to take his team on the football field because all of that is regulated by the collective bargaining agreement, it's not like you have a ton of opportunity. So when you have an opportunity to put him in pads and to get work done, you know, even though that you're getting ready to play your last preseason game doesn't mean that you stop the work. I mean, it means that you maybe dial some things back. But, 
You know, and Duck also talked about that in because you, know, you got the two week window between you know this last game that's coming up and then the opener that they will use that opportunity to look at their first three opponents as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but you still continue to work your craft, your techniques, and, and your assignment awareness of the system. So, I mean, that doesn't stop. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, PRI Productions. The Southeast full-service event company has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. Well, this quarterback conversation leads into this weekend's game, this Saturday's game against the Falcons. Well, C.J. Beathard, as you said in the broadcast last week on radio, you know, just didn't look totally right when he was running around. Wasn't healthy. Doug Peterson then addressed that earlier this week, said the same thing. Jake Luton is back in the fold now. He and Perry will most likely split the time Saturday against the Falcons. Yeah, because uh, they're going to hold C.J. Beathard out because they want to allow him to continue to get better. And that's a concern a little bit now. I mean, look, the reality is if you don't have your starting quarterback, you're not going to be very good anyway. Uh, in most instances, well, this head coach won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. I know, but, J.P., okay, in most cases, that's why I if said If anybody in most would cases, know the importance of a backup quarterback, it's Doug Peterson. But it's, he was one, and he won a Super Bowl with But one. it's disappointing from the standpoint of, okay, you already have you – know, you got two running backs that are coming back from an injury, and now you got a backup quarterback coming back from an injury, and – he, I mean, you'd like to have C.J. Beathard showing the coaches what he can do to earn the trust, you know, their trust. Yep. And when we saw him against Pittsburgh, when he broke out of that pocket, it was like, that's, that's not healthy. And uh, he had a pretty good, I guess, a groin strain going back to the very end of the OTA, minicamp, whatever it was. And we're talking about once you get to the opener, that's about three months you know, three months is a long time to have an injury to continue to linger. So my question is, a lot of people may assume that, okay, well, they brought Jake Luton back just so that he could get through this game with another quarterback. Well, is that the case? Might be longer than that. Or, huh? or are they worried maybe about the health of C.J. Beathard going in the regular season? Are they worried about his performance? I don't know. I mean, but it's these are all valid questions, I think, when you have a guy that's not healthy and then as – if you're running this football team or coaching this football team, then you have to make sure that you're doing what's best for the football team and not what's best for C.J. Beathard. So that's something just to watch. Uh, and you know, Maybe he can be completely healthy and be ready to go for the season opener, but you have to prepare like he may not be if based upon what you saw against Pittsburgh and he's not playing this week. You might have to prepare for something else. We just had a military flyby here in Flowery Branch, I think. Some uh, helicopters flying by for Jaguars Happy Hour. Glad you're along with us today. And time now for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll note three names today. Foley Fadakasi had the calf issue last preseason game. He's been off to the side. I talked to him coming off today briefly. I said, how you how you doing? He's like, eh, we're getting there, and yeah. he expects to be ready. He that's, said that's for the a concern, opener, but that yeah, that is a little bit of a concern. Well, and the reason that you're concerned, I think he's your your best defensive lineman. I mean, you brought him in to have a big role, and he's going to be one of those big, powerful guys that can stop the run, but also give you some push of the pocket. And from a pass rush standpoint, he can play the the, the an end. He can play the nose in this defense. 
and uh, you really don't have a whole lot of depth there. I think that's a position that the Jaguars will watch closely once the cuts start to come in. Of maybe picking up, you know, whether it's a veteran guy or maybe a young guy that they feel good about uh, because you don't – I mean, look, J.P., reality is Foley Fadakasi, Devon Hamilton, and Roy Robertson Harris are your, your starting guys. Who's your next big guy that you really trust? Oof, yeah. I mean, uh, probably – Down in, down out bases, right? Probably Gotsis just because, yeah, you know, he's, he's been around player. a little bit and he's a veteran player. But then do you have anything that you feel really good about other than that? I mean, Jay Tufele, I mean, look, uh, second-year player, was a fourth-round pick last year, has been kind of nondescript, unimpressive. We've mentioned earlier Smoot and Key and those guys can kind of go in there, but they're not that type of player. Yeah, they're not not those big guys, the immovable objects or the guys that can, you know, really kind of control the line of scrimmage. And and so if you can find another one of those guys, that would be nice, and and you're going to have to probably look elsewhere because I don't think you have it on the roster right now. And so if the Fadakasi thing, if he can't go, now you're really thin at that position. And then now it's like, okay, I'm not saying you start panicking, but you start to go, we need to get serious and we need to find somebody that can fill that role. Another name on the list, Will Richardson Jr. off to the side still. You mentioned, uh, you know, he's he's been out for a little bit now with, what, an ankle issue. Um, So we'll see how long that lasts for him. He's been around here for a while. And then James Robinson still working his way back, getting time and team uh, 11 on 11 activity even here in Atlanta but still has that orange jersey on they've been trying to take it easy with him the the Falcons even keeping clear for the well, most part of him he had a yellow jersey on today different yeah okay and so uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means well uh, red, <laughs> all these colors all these designations red typically <laughs> I mean think about it it's like it's like stoplight red means stop don't hit don't touch okay off limits yellow means just just be cautious okay when you're approaching them seriously because you could tell that the practice yesterday was a little different than the practice today. Yesterday he was kind of, you know, a little bit, you know, stay away from him. But anyway, I, I think he's going to be ready for the opener. Is he going to be the 100% James Robinson of old? I don't think so. But I think he can still be pretty good. And this is one of the – and he's at the point now, I think, in the, in the rehab process to where he, now you just need to play and now – when you play, you're going to continue to get better and then accomplish, you know, because if you try to put a number on the percentage that he is. I mean, I, I, if I had to do it, I'd say in the 90s somewhere. And so the last you know, numbers of percent, how do you, how do you reach that? And I'll, and I'll give you something similar. When, when I had my ACL going back into the year 1992, coming back the next year, you, know, you sometimes you had to, to think about making that, part of your body move and so you're Mm. consciously trying to get pieces to work naturally but it wasn't something that just happened and then so you start to play and now you're working through the process and all of a sudden you know a month into it I was like you know what I'm not even thinking about it everything's working better now so it's uh and I think that's going to be the thing for James and hopefully he can be available because I think there's a little bit of a concern for depth at the running back position and the good thing is is that when he comes back, it's not like you're going to be expecting him to carry the load and carry it 20, 25 times a game. you got Travis Etienne that's going to be sharing that load. Uh, that sounds to me like a position where they could exercise that waiver position as could. well. Yeah, they could. If somebody and, falls free. And they like Snoop Connor, uh, uh, you know, because obviously he's a draft pick. Uh, to me, I think this is a, a little different system, I think, than what would fit him the best. Snoop Connor is a 
is a big, powerful one-cut back. This offense runs a little bit more zone to where the running backs kind of stretch it and then pick the hole. And that, I don't think that, that there's an adjustment period for Snoop Connor, and it's not, it hasn't fit him just yet. Can he, can he work his way into it? You hope so because, you know, you, you've got some draft equity in that. But, uh, but right now it's just been kind of eh. You know, how's he look? Well, okay, you know. But, I mean, look at the numbers. Oh, right. I mean, the numbers of, of, of him rushing the football are, are kind of are what they are. Rock Armstead, his numbers are just kind of eh. And Rock doesn't make a whole lot of guys miss. And uh, Rock's had a lot of opportunity to show his wares in the first couple of years of his career. And really, you know, hasn't been able to impress anybody to where they're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. You know, so, I mean, that's something that, look, you – if you're a Jaguars fan and you're a Jaguars coach, you got your fingers crossed that, that James Robinson and Travis Etienne are going to be available for you throughout the year. It's a scientific designation. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I knew what you meant exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it fits yeah. perfectly. You know, and there's different, and eh, there's like, eh. <laughs> you know, that's not good. Okay. And then you got, eh. Okay, not bad. And then you got, eh. Yeah. 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 yeah that's pretty good, right? <laughs> Let's take a timeout. Uh, we'll come back. Some final thoughts ahead of this preseason week three game coming up Saturday in Atlanta. And then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show. And if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman from Flowery Branch, Georgia, the home of the Atlanta Falcons facility and their training camp. A beautiful what building. What a facility. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, the original building was built years ago, and, uh, and I don't remember the exact year. Maybe you can pull up the history of it, but it was a, the, the building and then the fields, and then they added, they have this whole dorm slash apartment facility on the far side that's actually on the so I think like 50 55 acres the grounds are considered here and they have enough housing there to literally house the entire team coaching staff and some other staff which is incredible and they actually use that for training camp and then they try to depart the dorms completely in about mid-September according to uh, team president Rich McKay who I talked with yesterday about it and then they expanded this facility and, and added more going to the west as uh, as we're looking at it and then they built a complete indoor facility that's on a little lower level of terrain and then they attached this um, uh, medical facility thing onto that and now they're they're adding a whole new digital wing which is for the all the different elements that now have become in-house broadcasting I guess for the Atlanta Falcons I mean it's it's quite the facility now. It's it's right up there with the Minnesota Vikings and, uh, oh gosh, the Seattle Seahawks have an incredible facility. All the latest and greatest facility. The arms race has, has reached the NFL. Sure. And this is one of the, uh, in, in terms of that arms race, this is one of the older of the arms race. I mean, it's been here for almost 20 years. Well, right? and, and this building has been 
constantly updated. Oh, yeah, I sure. mean, it, it, this doesn't look 20 or feel no. 20. Have you ever been on the inside? I haven't yet. No. When Mike Smith was the head coach here, I came and visited Smitty, and, uh, and he gave me the tour and everything, and, and it was great. I mean, and uh, it does, I mean, it literally, it looks like every year they're doing something to make sure that it's, it's keeping up with the time, so to speak. Because it, it is a truly incredible facility. And I will say that uh, it is about a 30 to 40-minute drive to the northern suburbs of Atlanta from here. You're up here a little bit. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. out here in Flowery Ranch. You probably can get to uh, – where? Uh, uh, what's the, the town to the west of here, or excuse me, to the east of here, where the University of Georgia is at? That would be Athens. Athens. You can get to Athens probably just as fast as you can to Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's kind of up here now. It's up kind of northeast. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there you go. But it's it's nice. It's kind of up out of the way, and you can just focus on business. Now, when they built here in, what, 20 years ago, there was nothing out here. It has grown up right. a lot since then. So uh, there is the option, at least, to live I can tell you, if, if you, if they were thinking about building a facility somewhere in downtown Atlanta, can you imagine the no. number of, of tardies that you would have from people trying to get the facility with the Atlanta traffic being right. what it is? It's tough. Brutal. That's a tough one. Brutal. At least out here you're going opposite traffic, the whole thing. So uh, this Saturday you'll get to battle some of the Atlanta traffic. Three as o'clock. You head in for a yeah. 3 o'clock kickoff at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta. The Jaguars and the Falcons preseason week number three. Jaguar starters, for the most part, are not expected to play. As Doug Peterson said earlier this week, you might see the right tackles, and you'll probably see Devin Lloyd. Those would be about it, it sounds like, it for the starters. Well, the, real, the reality of it is is that this is an evaluation game. You know, I'm sure that, look, they know who their starters are. Those are the ones that probably aren't going to be playing much. But you've got some decisions to make at the back end of your roster that you need to figure out. And this game presents an opportunity not only for for these players to make this team, but also to maybe make another team because teams are always watching. The scouts are always watching. I was talking to Ethan Wan and Trent Balky, and I actually talked to Trent today a little bit, and I said, you know, did you get your workout in this morning? Because now I'm watching film of other teams, you know, and seeing what you know may, we think may be available. And that's what the, what you have to do. So, and as you're the mindset, if you're a player, is is that this is a great opportunity and maybe the last opportunity for me to impress upon this staff to either make the active roster, or make the practice squad. But if not, then to be able to make somebody else's roster or practice squad. And then if not that, to at least impress enough that you are on what I call the short list. And the short list is that, okay, if you don't make any of those, practice squad, active roster, here or there, or any other team, then you're on as many people's short list that if they have an injury and now they elevate somebody off a practice squad, that maybe that person could be drawn back to a practice squad to take the place of somebody else because injuries happen in the league. So uh, there's a lot at stake for a lot of these young men, and and unfortunately their dream for some is going to end. But that's – that's, that's the way they, this, this league is. NFL, not for long. Right. And there are, around about. there are some other leagues now as well. The guys can kind of stay in it. Did you see the scouts from the XF, other league? XFL was yeah. here uh, yesterday, I saw. And then, yeah, that's just what CFL guys come out to these as well. I mean, see, there are options for other uh, kinds of football. Not but as obviously good. Obviously, wants, everybody wants to get back and play in the NFL. But the shortlist point is a good one for yeah. sure. Now, obviously, in this game, 
to make a roster, especially in the bottom third of it. You're going to have to play special teams, and that will be a huge focus, I think, this weekend. I, I got taught a lesson a long time ago when uh, James Shaq Harris, who was the former general manager of the Jaguars when they drafted Matt Jones and mm-hmm. a couple other guys, and, and he taught me a lesson. He said, you know, when, you, when you're trying to figure out your 53, you have to figure out who can you get active on game day because there's so many different roles that are, that are out there. And I'll give you an example, running backs, okay? Your third running back, okay, is he going to be active on game day? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your third best running back is going to be active on game day? Yeah, right? No. No. No, no because your third best running back is your third best running back. He may not be your best special team player. I got you, yeah. So your your third running back that's going to be active is not your third best running back. He's the best special teamer that's not the first and second running back. You know, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're trying to keep the best players that are at each position. You're trying to keep the best players that are going to be asked to do the role on game day if they're going to be active. So for a fourth linebacker, you're not looking for a guy that might be awesome if he has to play in an event of an injury with Devin Lloyd or Muma or, or Lucan. You, you're looking for a guy that can ball out on special teams. And safety is very similar. Sometimes you may not keep the best safety, the, the guy that can play defense. You might keep the guy that can play safety, but he's the best guy that you've got on special mm-hmm. teams. And so special teams are a big factor because those are the decisions that you're going to make about whether that player can make this team because he's got to be able to find a way to be active on game day. Rudy Ford is one of those guys, right? Look, there's, there's a couple of them at safety position now, you know, because your top two guys, Rayshon Jenkins and then Andre Sisco, hands down, right? I mean, the two best safeties you got. And then your next guy in might be Andrew Winger, okay? But there's some other guys that are really good at safety. Rudy Ford, Daniel Thomas are really good special teams players, you know, and Winger's an excellent special teams player. So, uh, and then also Brandon Rusnak is a guy that's very good on special teams and pretty solid at safety. That's a position, I think, that's going to be highly competitive and might be a little bit heavy as far as numbers go because those guys are all pretty good on special teams. you got to be wired a little bit different to go run down the field as a gunner on the special teams unit sometimes if you're a safety like that. And, um, you know, yeah, wired differently, but still have that skill set and your head about you to go execute that plan. Well, special teams. It's a lot of moving parts quickly. You special know? teams used to be filled by the linebacking group. Yeah. Um, I mean, a ton of linebackers played special teams. Yeah. Special teams has morphed. Just as the game has changed to it's more of a passing league, special teams has lost size over the last number of years because the speed component is that much more important. So your defensive backs, your wide receivers, your safeties, your running backs, those guys are all playing or have played more of a prominent role on filling out the special needs category than linebackers or tight ends have. Now, don't get me wrong. Linebacker is still a critical position for special teams, but it's changed a little bit over the last number of years. Special teams has gotten smaller and faster. Smaller, faster, quicker. It's all about speed. Speed, speed in the NFL. That's where the game is at. That's right. That's right. That's Jeff Lager. Everybody wants to be fast like you, JP. Hey, uh, not everybody can be, though. Um, That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm JP Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour coming up in just a few moments. It's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear plenty from the head coach. Won't be live with us this week. Those plans are in the works. Moving ahead, though, for the regular season, we'll – 
hear from uh, Doug Peterson throughout the week. He spoke right before the trip to Atlanta, and then he spoke again this morning and updated some of the, the situations, of course, uh, after the first practice against the Falcons yesterday. The Devin Lloyd situation, the right tackle spot was of note today. Uh, so he he seems like he's in a pretty good place too. He always kind of seems like he's in a pretty good place because he's been him. through this him. before. I love him. I I, I love uh, the way he handles his business. I like the way he handles the players. Uh, it's been very impressive to me uh, the way he has kind of controlled the narrative uh, with his football team. How he's helped this football team heal from last year, and uh, he's changing the mindset. He's helping build a real positive culture. I mean, there's a lot of things. I can tell you, Jaguar fans, feel good about your coach because you got a really good one, and obviously he's been to the promised land. So you, you know that he can take a team there, and hopefully they can build and establish really good football players for him and his staff to coach and give them the best chance of winning. And he's not scared to tell you that it is a process. It takes time to build an organization. They might have the front-line guys they like now, but it takes some time to work on that depth and, and work on a long-term plan for your organization. And he's not, you know, he's, he's done it before, so he's not scared to go out and tell you the way it should be built and that it should take a little bit of time. Yeah, and I, I talked with him. Uh, after this practice today a little bit and uh, and he was very happy with the work that they were able to get in and and very pleased with the progress that they've made and and that's a real good thing i mean you come up here to uh, obtain some objectives and when you when you do you're like all right mission accomplished still still not done though still things to do all right that'll do it for jaguars happy hour coming up in less than a minute It is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear plenty from the Jaguars head coach from his last couple media availabilities here in Flowery Branch, Georgia, from the Atlanta Falcons facility and training camp ahead of this preseason week three game coming up Saturday. The Jaguars face the Atlanta Falcons. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Dave DeCandis, our entire crew back in Jacksonville as well. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. That's it for Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.